All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're better late than never. Welcome. It's I like, really like the bag milk challenge. It's a new week. Bag milk. This is Ceases. Hello, Ceases. 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 Coming to get ya. Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. I was just texting him. He is. Ceases. It's my babe. But better late than never. This is so fucking sexy. Sexiest podcast on earth. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Better late than never, episode seven. I'm Bag Milk. I'm here again. I am your host for this little adventure that we call a podcast. This is my show. This is your show. I've got a whole lot of voicemails to get to. I've got a bunch of Oilers clips to play. I've got a whole lot going on, and we're going to get to it. But first, I want to say thank you to our friends at Arcadia Brewing, just as I do every single week. They were the title sponsor. They are the title sponsor. They signed on for this podcast before I even recorded an episode. Now, With that in mind, with that said, I need to say thank you to all of you for turning this podcast into something pretty special. I was looking at the numbers this week with Tyler. We were going over some things, seeing how I'm doing, what I can do better. And then as I'm looking at the numbers, this thing is fucking growing at a pace that I don't even think that any of us would have expected, at least not this quickly. Here we are going into episode seven, and we have got a thing here. So again, I want to say thank you to Arcadia Brewing for even coming on before recording an episode. They just heard about the concept. They heard about what I was trying to do and they signed in. So I want to say thank you to Arcadia 
Check out ArcadiaYeg.com for all of the details on what they've got going on. Or if you're on socials, Arcadia Brewing Co. or Arcadia Brew Co., depending on your if you're on Instagram or Twitter. Got it? Again, I want to say from last week, I want to say thank you to everybody that entered the, the contest, all the winners. I want to give a shout-out to you. There's a crowd cheering for you. Uh, I did pass off all your info to the sales team and to Arcadia, so they will be getting in touch shortly. Again, say thank you. I want to say thank you for entering the contest. I made it as easy as possible. You guys, Sean, just like as you always do. Once again, it's been a busy week here for Oilers Nation and Oilers fans as a whole. We're going to get to everything in the news, but first I want to say thank you again to all of you for growing this podcast well beyond what I expected for this fast. I'm only on episode seven again, and the vibes are good with this podcast, just like they are with our Edmonton Oilers. Amazing what a week can do. Last podcast I did, they had just fired Dave Tippett. It was on Thursday I recorded. Today it is Wednesday, February 16th, and what a difference six days can make, you know? I also want to say thank you to all of you for posting your pissy tees on social media. I love seeing those go out. There's nothing funnier than seeing a pissy tee on somebody you know a lot of us are feeling pissy for a lot of different reasons and i just i i i i really 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 like it i really do and it's one of those things where i don't know if i'm ever going to get tired of it and i don't know if i'm ever going to feel weird about it or not but all i do know is that there's a lot of you that bought those tees and now that i'm actually seeing you wear them it is so much fun why are you so pissy? Nothing to be pissy about anymore. Oilers are on a three-game win streak. New coach, head coach, Jay Woodcroft in place. Dave Manson running the D. We're going to get to all of it. We're going to get to all of it before we get to the news, however. I was just cruising around the internet doing a little prep today. You know, doing as I do. I got voicemails. I got clips from the Oilers. I've got all kinds of stuff to play for you here in the next couple of minutes. But I was cruising on Reddit, and I saw a... I don't even know what you call it. A ranking of the Oilers media here in the city? Oilers Nation came in solid tier, which was the second from the top. And as I was reading the feedback, I just want to say I hear you guys. There's a lot of stuff on the sites that we can improve. We are going to improve behind the scenes. We're looking at UX right now. We're having calls on it to try and improve what the experience is like on the website. I saw a lot of you, if you're listening to this and you were in that subreddit, I saw it. I saw it. I also appreciate the people that were shitting on me. I'm funny. I'm just a fan. I'm just like you. I just happen to have a podcast on the platform. Good? Good. Other things I wanted to talk about before we get to the news is the Olympics. Tough way to wake up this morning, huh? Canada got bumped out to Sweden. Fucking Anton Lander gets the dagger goal at the end of the game. Anton Lander. Anton Lander. When was the last time you heard of Anton Lander? Boo! Boo, Anton Lander. We had such high hopes for you, man. We had such high hopes for you. They didn't happen. They didn't happen. Also, it makes me sad that we're talking about the Olympics, or I guess I am. There's nobody else here except Frank. Frank's having a little snooze right now, though. Um, talking about the Olympics, we're in the back half now. That upsets me. The other day, I was watching the biathlon. I was having a great time. What a great event the biathlon is. 
I don't know who the genius was that decided they need to shoot something in the middle of a cross-country ski, but for that, I salute you, sir. For that, I cheer you. Great event. Great event. If you're watching the Olympics, hit me up on social. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram, JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter. Let me know what you're liking. I'm sad. I get sad all the time when the Olympics are over, you know? I do. I do. It's a bummer. But I'm just enjoying the time we have together. I'm just enjoying these moments that I get to spend late at night watching sports I've never heard of. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But you're not here for my Olympic thoughts. You're here to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. And it's been a busy week, so let's get to the news. Welcome to the news. Bag Milk reporting live from West Edmonton. It's a frosty Wednesday afternoon in the capital city. Lots to get to. Our Edmonton Oilers are rolling. As you know, made a coaching change last week. That was the reaction episode. They fired Dave Tippett last Thursday. Jay Woodcroft came in. His first game was on Friday against the New York Islanders. And all of a sudden, we are here six days later. And our boy Jay Woodcroft is on an undefeated streak. First time in Oilers history that a new coach has come in and gone 3-0. and I think I just want to, I think that's going to be Jay Woodcroft's new music, you know? I think that's the one. One more time. I don't know. I just think it's a good thing. I love the way he's running the bench right now. It's a different vibe around here, man. It is a different vibe. The Oilers are 3-0. and Handily beat the New York Islanders, though Mike Smith was excellent between the pipes early on, kept them in it, allowed them to settle in. Monday's game against San Jose, absolute dominance. Last night against LA wasn't perfect, but still managed to pull out the win in the second half of a back-to-back set. And they had to sit through the Drew Doughty uh, thousand game ceremony. Shout out to Drew Doughty, by the way, because his acceptance speech was hilarious. He's just like, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm imagining you saw it already. He's just like, hey, I know it sucks to sit through these things. We're going to get going here right away. Appreciate you. I don't think I've ever felt more seen by an NHL player in one of their uh, one of their ceremonies ever before in my life. But I think that it just contributes to the vibes around here. It contributes to the vibes. Things are light. Things are way lighter than they were when I started doing this podcast six weeks ago. And I think that's excellent. I think we all needed it. Oilers, over their last three games, have outscored the opposition 11-3. There's a shutout in the mix there. San Jose got shut out. Shout out to Stuart Skinner. He was sent down uh, or loaned to the Bakersfield Condors today as Miko Koskinen was reactivated from COVID protocol. I saw on Twitter before I started, some people not exactly thrilled about that move, but it was kind of expected, I guess. I guess. Until they can make a trade that moves him or whatever's going to happen. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm surprised how surprised others were, if that makes sense. 
I want to look at last night again. One thing that I very, very much enjoyed was uh, how about Evander Kane popping Lemieux in the face, right in the grill. His fucking dad used to be one of the most annoying players. Brendan Lemieux, that is. His dad, Claude Lemieux, used to be one of the most annoying players ever. And to see him take one in the mush was something that I needed to hear. But, or I need to see anyway. For all the things that Evander Kane does do on the ice, being a menace out there is one of them that I appreciate the most right now. And I just want to salute him for it. I want to salute him for it. But I want to back up first. I want to back up. I want to talk about the first win with Jay Woodcroft. I want to talk about what the players thought. I want to talk about what Woodcroft thought. And if you've been paying attention, you see a guy immediately that does not want to talk about himself. Yeah, the players gave me the game puck tonight, and Dave and I are going to cut it in half, I think. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, it, it, it's not about uh, us coming in. It's about the, the hard effort that our players put in. and The hard effort the players put in. The guy doesn't want to talk about himself, and I love him for it. I think that his positivity is going to be a major difference maker in for this team down the stretch. Things were so negative and so salty for weeks, six, eight weeks. So to have him come in and just kind of change that tone, change that narrative, I think that's going to go a long way for a lot of players, and I can't wait to see where he takes it. When Jay Woodcroft was asked about making changes, this was before his first game, here's what he said. I've asked our, pit, our players to keep our picture small, to worry about today. And uh, once you start building things in the right way, I believe that success is built sequentially. And so we're going to worry about taking care of today. And then uh, once we've taken care of today, we'll, we'll move on to, to tomorrow. It is a challenge, but I'm excited for that challenge. Listen to that guy speak. What else do you want to hear from a head coach? Positivity? You want to hear him have a detailed plan. I've got a quote from Warren Fogel that dives into that. You want a guy that can inspire. And for me, again, I'm watching on the other side of the TV screen. I see a guy that can inspire. I see a guy whose messages are very, very positive, And that's something this team needs, man. They need a soft touch right now. They need that soft touch. A little rub on the back. How about the way he's cruising up and down the bench all night long, talking to his players, making sure that they're understanding what he wants, making sure that he's giving them feedback. That's how we're going to succeed. That's how we're going to get this done. When asked about that communication style, I thought Warren Fogel had a really interesting quote. And we're going to dive into it after, but I wonder if there was some underlying messages there. But we'll see. With Woody here, you know, there's a lot of detail and direction, and, you know, it makes a huge difference out there when everyone knows what we're doing, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a hell of a team effort. When everyone knows what we're doing, what does that mean, Warren Vogel? You've got the glasses. You're a sexy, handsome man. What are you saying to us? What message are you putting out into the media? Am I reading too far into it? Am I thinking too deeply upon the words in which you speak? Was Dave Tippett an ineffective communicator? I don't know. But these are questions I now have. These are questions I now have, hearing a quote like that. Leon Dreisaitl also spoke about being better defensively, and I think those just kind of lends to what Warren Fogel was talking about. But like I said, it's not like we go into games 
pretending like we're going to score five goals every game. I, I like I don't understand where where that's coming from, to be honest. But obviously, there's no secret that we need to be better defensively. And they've done that again. The Oilers have only allowed three goals over the last three games, and I understand San Jose. LA, neither team had played in weeks and they were rusty. I get all that. But the Islanders are a team that's starting to roll. They did, they only got one on Friday. They only got one. And again, Mike Smith was excellent. So I got to give Smith a shout out. I don't think he was very good in the back to back. That's what got Dave Tippett fired. But in the last two, LA and New York, he was excellent. He was everything you want Mike Smith to be. Everything you want Mike Smith to be. Another thing that came out from those wins, though, and the press conferences that follow, is we've been having a lot of fun with it, memeing it on Oilers Nation, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Jay Woodcroft, a power pose. He's standing there, hands on the hips, looking like a superhero, surveying the situation, gazing upon the city that is now in the palms of his hand. I thought it was hilarious, Jim Matheson asked him about those poses and why he decides to do so. Very funny. I don't know necessarily that uh, he was expecting a question like that, but I appreciate it anyway because that's the kind of shit we talk about here. Um, you know what? I just, uh, I, I just, I'm more comfortable standing than sitting behind a uh, behind a table. <laughs> interesting, interesting question. That's you know what, Jay? It doesn't matter if you're more comfortable standing instead of sitting. That's all I care about. I care about you doing your hero's pose because I'm getting a lot of mileage out of those poses. I'm getting a lot of mileage out of those screenshots and I'm going to continue doing so for as long as you are here, my friend. And if you keep this shit up, I promise you that is going to be the start of a very long and fruitful relationship between the two of us. You don't know me, sir, but I know you. I like what I see. I like what I see a whole lot. Is that creepy? A little bit creepy. All right. Jay Woodcroft, I just want to say thank you. I want to salute you. Sticking with Jay Woodcroft before we move on with the news, I asked you on Twitter, just give me your first impressions on Jay Woodcroft and what you think. I'm going to read a bunch of these now because I wanted to hear from you. I want to include you. That's what this podcast is all about. It doesn't work without your feedback. So first up, Matt, he says, I'm not ready to pretend we don't still need improved goaltending or a beefed up bottom six to make a legit run. But if better three zone effort is wood, is a Woodcroft tweak, then we're in a better spot already. Euler streakiness this year makes me cautiously optimistic. I think that's fair from Matt. Taylor says, this team seems to have way more jump and energy. Not sure if that's because of Woodcroft or just the coaching change in general, but I like it. Looks like Woodcroft has them playing a much simpler game. The real test will come when we play Carolina, Florida, and Tampa later this month. That is next week. Tough week for the Oilers next week. Uh, Brody adds in, firing coach is just the season-long version of pulling your goalie. Kind of snaps the guys back into reality that they have to perform. I do think Woodcroft's strategy of 11 forward 7D is really good for our young defensemen, though. That's been an interesting move. So far, three games, three times in a row he's gone with 11-7. And if you look at the minutes, the distribution of minutes amongst the forwards and the defensemen, very, very even. Very even. A guy like Darnell Nurse, I think I'm just shooting from the hip here. I don't have the exact number from me, but... The last two games, he played like 22 and 23 minutes somewhere in that ballpark. That was fucking lunch money. That is a casual stroll for Darnell Nurse before this coaching change. He was up, he would have been up around 30 probably. 
Tyler says, it's amazing that 99% of Oilers fan base at the end of last year wanted three scoring lines Woodcroft and Manson brought up. But the people making the decision waited until more than halfway through the season to get it done. I don't know if that's actually true. Um, that's Tyler's opinion, though. Not Tyler Yeramchuk, Tyler Doust. Brandon says, I'm in a new glass cage of emotion. So far, I'm really happy with the wins. 11-7 and seven is really smart and defensive expectations he is instilling is helping us win games. So far, he seems like he has a good handle on the team, lines, and minutes. Impressed, to say the least. Friend of everybody, Reed Wilkins says, needs more beats. Well, Jay Woodcroft keeps coaching this way. They ain't going to be no more beats. Rex Codex says, first impressions, Woodcroft looks like the sort of neighbor who waters your lawn while you're on vacation without even asking. He does seem like that. Jay Woodcroft looks like the kind of guy that always plays for guac just because he fucking loves guac. Toasty says, guys are way more aggressive fighting for pucks. It also feels like we're way more stingy in our own line at the back check. That was one subtle change that Zach Hyman talked about. He said that Jay Woodcroft has the defenseman kind of standing up more at the blue line. And again, I'm paraphrasing here. More standing up the blue line, which was something that used to drive me crazy under the Tippett regime. Amazing how quickly that change happened. Also, they're pressuring more in the neutral zone, and I like that as well. I really, really like that as well. Jonathan says, I really like the way the team is playing. Woodcroft seems to be a great communicator with positive messages. Hopefully, this gets the young guys playing even better going forward and enables even more distribution of minutes. Aaron says, very impressed with his deployment of players. We already had a, uh, to ice a more competitive team. Fogel and Ryan look like different players. Nice to see some guys, Benson, Broberg, Niemelein, and Lagason get in and prove that they can perform as well or better than some of the veterans. Brandon says, I'm enjoying the deployment of the defensemen, not just passively giving up on our own blue line. That's what I was talking about. The overall team defense just looks more involved. Mike says, the team last night, even trailing and not being able to cash in on a four-minute power play, still looked confident. They are playing more responsible brand of hockey. Shannon says, the vibe around the team just seems better, like at the start of the season. He brings a lot of positivity and confidence into the room. Great so far at utilizing players' strengths. Love that the young guys are getting a shot with him. Excited to see how a Woodcroft team, team does against a cup contender. Bearded Brad just says, in Jay, we trust. So you guys, like myself, are excited about what Jay Woodcroft has to offer. Excited about what he's bringing to the table. And I think that it's completely fair and valid. These last three wins, again, a couple of them haven't been perfect. But I think you can see the difference. I think you can see the difference. And another thing that's helping also, and I have no idea if you can give Jay Woodcroft credit for this or not, but I'm going to anyway. A couple of guys have gotten off the schneid. Actually, a few of them. Warren Fogle, he scored. Yes, Apuliarvi, he scored. It was his first goal in 14 games. Uh, Yamo scored. We're getting some guys that are contributing with goals that needed one. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I mean, he started as soon as he got back from injury against Montreal, but he looks like a different guy. Nuge looks huge, and I like it. On the flip side, however, I wonder if there are guys that see this kind of as the end of the line or maybe as something that they are not so pumped on. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of a guy like Devin Shore. Last night against the Kings, he only played 257. Woodcroft benched him. He didn't see the ice after that. That is a short night. And while I'm not 
say maybe he's hurt, maybe he got banged up. I have no idea. But it just seems like Woodcroft has seen enough of a guy like Devin Shore, and he'd rather distribute the minutes elsewhere. Maybe? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I'm not the one here that is the only voice on this podcast. I want to know what you think as well. As a guy like Devin Shore, is he in a worse spot? Just because Dave Tippett clearly trusted him and Jay Woodcroft doesn't have that same relationship. At least not, at least not yet, right? In other news, like I mentioned earlier, Koskinen back from COVID. Skinner loaned to Bakersfield. Skinner got his first ever NHL shutout against the Sharks on Monday. And when asked about it, here's what he said. Yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, uh, whenever you're able to get a shutout in any league, it's obviously a special moment. And uh, for this being my first one in the NHL, it definitely feels good. Feels good for all of us, buddy. I think Stuart Skinner is one of those guys where if he can actually make a go of this and he can actually turn into a starter or a competitive goalie or a guy you can depend on, man, think of the stories. Think of the stories we can do with that. You know? Hometown guy. Edmonton boy. Cheered for the Oilers growing up his entire life. Gets drafted by them. Everybody's like, well, you draft a goalie, man. They're voodoo, man. All of a sudden, he's stepping up. He's stepping up, and he's looking like he could be an option. You know? The expectations are high, or the hopes are high, but maybe the expectations aren't quite as high, at least to start, because I want to give patience to this guy. But every time I say we should be patient with Stuart Skinner, he just keeps, he just kind of turns things around and makes us think that he is the guy. I'm not so sure yet. He's still young. He's still got more bats to get to, but it's starting to look good. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. You know what I mean? I feel like that's accurate. I feel like we're allowed to say that. I feel like we are. That's why I'm not getting my hopes up. Or my hopes are high, but the expectations are a little bit lower. I think that Stuart Skinner is going to be fine, 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 fine. Very much looking forward to it. I really, really am. Uh, what else did I want to talk about in terms of the Oilers? Things are getting tough as one of the Twitter feedback or one of the tweets said earlier when I was talking about Jay Woodcroft. It's going to be interesting to see what this team does against competitors, against actual cup contenders. And looking ahead, we've got Anaheim on Thursday. That's a winnable game to me. You know, Anaheim's having a fine season, but they're not untouchable. Get the fuck out of here, right? Of course. Winnipeg on Saturday. Minnesota on Sunday. So I would love to see the Oilers pull out some more points from the back half of this busy, busy week. Because five games in seven days is real heavy. And to get as many points as possible out of there, man, that would be just great, great news. Great news. I think they can do it. They're playing a different flavor of hockey, man. And I feel like the vibes are good. I feel like the vibes are real good. Last week on the podcast, I talked about how I was upset during the news, ran out of Too Hot to Handle, one of my favorite dating shows of all time. What did Netflix do? They must have been listening because they offered up, they gave me, they gifted me, dropped it right on to my lap. Season two, Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Excellent. Excellent, excellent dating show. I also want to say thank you to all of you guys that reached out to me in DMs or just tweets saying, hey man, you need to check out this dating show. If you like shitty dating shows, check this one out. Keep those coming always keep those coming always but in the meantime i'll be watching too hot to handle and the olympics 
And when both are over, I'll be sad again. We can cross that bridge when we get there. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the halftime show from the Super Bowl. It is Wednesday as I'm recording this. I'm still thinking about it three days later. I am 36 years old. So that halftime show was specifically for me. That's how I feel, at least. And I couldn't have been happier. Snoop, Dre, Eminem, Kendrick. Fiddy came out looking thick, hanging upside down like he's in the Into Club video. Into Club came out right before my 18th birthday. So to see him hanging upside down like that, albeit slightly thicker, made me very happy. Mary J. Blige killed it. Man, what a great halftime show. To me, that was the best halftime show since Prince. I love Prince, and he nailed it, and I think it was 2007. This was easily the best one since. Easily, in my opinion, the best one since. And I'm just super pumped on it. I, I hope the NFL has got a plan to follow that up with something else because, man, that was a great one. That was a really, really great one. And that's how we're going to wrap up the news. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. You're listening to Better Late Than Never by Bagged Milk. Don't. Yes. You're sexy as well. <laughs> oh, yes. That's my boy Donkey Volley. I'm saving a bunch of these as bumpers that I can play between segments or just like there what I did just because I've been talking for 26 straight minutes is I just had a little drinky poo, had some water. I've got a bottle of Double Double from Rig Hand. We're going to get to the voicemails here right away. I got a double bottle of Double Double. So I did a little drinky poo with the whistle, you know? So I need bumpers. I need I need space. And that's what my boy Donkey Volley is great for. Before we get to the voicemails presented by Rig Hand Distillery, go to RigHandDistillery.com, check it out. They've got a coupon on their website, by the way, for a free tasting tour of their facility. I've done the tour. It's awesome. It's fun. Drinks are delicious. they got a cool little bar in there. I'm telling you. Have a Caesar. You won't regret it. Before I get to the voicemails, though, however, I want to ask you guys, my question for the week is, what do you suck at in terms of being an adult? You know, I mentioned earlier I'm 36. Still can't brush my teeth without getting shit all over the mirror. It's a problem. I'm like a child. I still suck at putting the fitted sheet on my bed. Even worse at folding it, so I just crumple it up into a ball and chuck it in the, the linen closet. I want to know what you guys suck at as, as adults. This past week, it was Valentine's Day. I went out for dinner with my missus. Decided I was going to get myself a couple of glasses of red wine. And if you listen to real life, you heard on Monday, I was just like, I'm so useless when it comes to this stuff. I just like a glass of wine. But when I ask for a good glass of wine, I don't know anything about it. And then the bill comes and I go, ah, shit. I wish I knew something about what red wine. I wish I knew something. Maybe when I'm 50. Maybe when I'm 50, I will get better at being an adult. So I want to know what in your daily life is something that you go, man, at this age, at whatever age you are, I should have known it by now. I should have known it by now. Hit me up, JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. Or pop into the voicemail, which we're going to get to right now for our friends at Rig Hand Distilleries. Again, go to RigHandDistillery.com. Check it out. I encourage you to check out their tasting tour. I've had it. It's a great time. Now for the voicemail. Hey, 
the Rick Hand Distillery voicemail. This is undoubtedly one of my favorite parts of this podcast. You guys like it as well. You guys seem to like it, and I'm going to keep doing it. This is the place where you give your feedback. You leave me voicemail, and I just play them, and I don't listen to them first. That is the shtick. That's the bit. So far, I've got 14 clips that I'm going to get to this week. I apologize if I started the podcast earlier than you were able to get them in, but I've got 14 clips. I haven't listened to any of them, and we're going to get first reactions on all of these. So for Rig Hand Distillery and the beautiful bottle of Double Double I'm looking at right in front of me, here's clip number one. It's Yuri from Great Tribute. Oh shit, I was not supposed to tell you that. And you Super quiet. Government 69 million dollars. If you do not pay in Bitcoin within the next 24 hours, we will be forced to kidnap Frank. 69 million? Wait a minute, are you going to abduct my dog Frank or Frank Saravalli? I have stronger feelings about one of those options than the other. I love both Franks. Both Franks are excellent. But if you steal one of them from me, you know, you may have more hockey knowledge than you did in the morning. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Clip number two. Let's take two bottles in the shower. (laughs) You buy shampoo. I buy conditioner. Personally, I'm a bald twat. That's why I listen to bagged milk with better late than never. He makes us look sexier. I was like the last part of those voicemails from Donkey Volley when it sounds like his batteries are dying. By the way, if you were guessing, if you were betting, that is, although he is putting on a voice, our boy is from England. He is from England. He has got a legit English accent. So Liam, if you're listening to this, you were wrong, pal. Clip number three. Are you bored of a peanut lasagna? Are you bored of being a vegan and having nothing to say in a party? What you need is better late than never from bagged milk with new beef. Beef and milk. Very yes. (laughs) Is that true? Do vegans not have anything to talk about at a party? I'd never heard that before. That is new information to me. Again, donkey. (laughs) Stupid. Are you tired of the peanut lasagna? Is that a thing? Is the peanut lasagna a thing? I love both of those items, but probably separate. (laughs) Hey, Bag Milk. I don't know if you'd be willing to, but there's a couple people like myself, or I don't know how many, but uh, people like myself that are new to the nation that uh, don't know a ton about yourself or the other guys. Um, would y'all be willing to share some tidbits, details, maybe, you know, like where you went to school and stuff, what inspired you to, you know, get involved with this specific industry of, uh, I, I guess it's kind of like radio. Um, yeah, just, uh, share your thoughts and kind of who you are, if you'd be, uh, allowed to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. That's, that's cool. Uh, for me, I went to school at Nate. I took marketing at Nate. It was one of those things where I wrapped up high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do for a living. My dad told me I had to go to school. So I'm like, okay, well, I understand that. So what am I going to do? Hmm. I wonder if I could write commercials. 
I wonder if I could be one of the guys that writes commercials for TV or radio. I thought that would be cool. I saw that Nate had a marketing and advertising program, so I took it. First year business, second year marketing. I thought that was the plan. And then as you get into it, you see, well, you'd probably have to move to Toronto or Vancouver to get something like that done. A lot of sales here in Edmonton. I left Nate. I became a sales rep, arguably the worst sales rep of all time. I then moved on to a big company. I talked about that a couple episodes ago. Um, so my story with the nation was I found it just like you guys did. I found it as a reader. I found it as a fan. I engaged. I reached out. And eventually that turned into a position where I was doing a weekly column. It was called the Righteous Sack Beating. I might actually bring that feature back for this podcast. Um, I just basically vented for a thousand words. And that was how it started. And then I got into social media and then I got to be a writer and then I became full-time staff and then I became the editor and then I started doing podcasts. So I wanted to do radio originally. And then I thought that somebody told me that radio people only make like $200 a week to start. I'm exaggerating, of course, but that's what I heard. And it scared me away, to be honest. It scared me away. I didn't want to go live in like white court or something, making $200 an hour and sleeping at the radio station. So I pivoted. I went into the business angle and this job at the nation just came about through grinding and hustle really at the end of the day. So to recap, went to Nate, took marketing, thought I was going to write ads, failed miserably, fell into this job because I'm kind of witty and ultimately a hard worker. If you're a hard worker, that kind of erases a lot of other deficiencies in your life, so pump up the work ethic if you can. Cliff five. Hey, Bag Milk, uh, Presto again. Uh, nice to see the Flames can identify an issue and actually take the guts and the balls to make a decision to get their player. Keep hearing about how it's the goaltending, the goaltending, the goaltending. The only reason the Oilers won against the Islanders was goaltending. If you go back and watch when we were 16-5, and five, unless the Oilers' goaltenders were absolutely lights out, they still didn't win. The problem with this team is they need two shutdown defensemen. Before I get a goalie, I am getting rid of Tyson Berry for a shutdown defenseman, and I am trading for another one that's got to be at least a 2-3 or a 3-4. It is absolutely ridiculous that my wife, who's been a hockey fan for seven years, can sit and watch a game and say, why are both defensemen on the same side of the ice? Why are they both behind the net? Where the hell is the defenseman? But every expert is saying, it's the goaltending, it's the goaltending. In a perfect world, I could bet you $10,000 if we get two different defensemen and play better in our end. Koskinen and Smith are fine. Are they good enough to win the cup? I doubt it, but at least they're good enough to get us into the playoffs because if we carry on the way we are, this team is not going to make the playoffs. If they do not pick up defensemen, they will not win no matter what defenseman plays. Spectre said it best. Nobody wins those games. No goalie. The defense is horrible. Come on, Holland. Get it done. Have a great day, guys. Ciao. Um, passionate, first of all. That's my first thought on that voicemail. Presto. Shout out to you, Presto. You're just rattling off hard facts here, and sometimes we don't want to hear them, do we? I think that goaltending can definitely, uh, get an upgrade. I think that's, I, I and I say that mostly, and a big chunk of that is because I don't trust Mike Smith's body to stay healthy, and I don't, that's not a slate of Mike Smith. Lord knows he's got the will. But does the body have the way? It's just a product of getting older, you know? I'm 36. I hurt my fucking back getting out of bed. I threw my back out once getting out of the shower. That's the most embarrassing shit of all time. That's just what happens as you get older. So I think that the the team could absolutely upgrade a net. But I agree that the defense is also a place where they could upgrade. 
I would love to see a, another left-handed defenseman come in, maybe push Duncan Keith down to the third pairing. And that's not a shot at Duncan Keith. I think he's been fine. He's been a fine, fine addition this year uh, outside of, you know, the cost of acquisition contract, blah, blah, blah. But as a player on the ice, I think he's been fine. I don't think Barry's been very good. But to your point, trade Barry. Who's going to want him? Right? Next clip. Sorry, bag milk. Just wanted to clarify one thing about my last uh, voicemail. Presto, are you back again? I think you're back again. Let's get to it. We always are trading from an extreme position of weakness. Everybody knows right now how bad we are struggling, so the prices go sky high. So if we get some cojones and we make the moves to get the defense with Manson working on the defense now, if we start to get some wins together before the trade deadline, if the team actually gets some momentum and shows that they're trending in the right direction again, maybe some players would want to come here. If you were a goalie watching the Chicago game and the Vegas game with how many two-on-0s and slot chances and odd man rushes and everything else, would you want to come and play in Edmonton and ruin your career? I know I wouldn't. Talbot and uh, what's his name? Uh, can't remember his name now, both left Edmonton and became all-stars. I heard from Kevin Weeks on his podcast, or on, uh, he was on a podcast saying that the Oilers aren't done. They also need to fire their goalie coach to help out Mike Smith and whoever else comes in here. So again, just reiterating, defense is our problem. Fix the defense, <laughs> get on a roll, try to get to a position when we're not trading from extreme weakness, and maybe we can actually get the pieces that we need to go on a deeper playoff run. As it sits right now, I don't even think I would bet two bucks that they make the playoffs. But anyway, let's go Oilers. I like that. I think one of the things that's underrated about that second voicemail from Presto is that the clarification voicemail is just as long as the original. That's what I like. I don't disagree that the defense has to be better, you know? Letting unlimited looks on your goaltender is never going to work. It's never going to work. But then at the same point, there comes a time when you also need your goaltenders to make a stop. So I think it goes, I think it's both are correct. You do need goaltending. You need help in net. The last time I think the Oilers got really strong goaltending was in 2017 from Cam Talbot. But if you're playing like shit defensively in front of them, that certainly doesn't help. Clip seven. Hey, bag milk. It's Presto again. Sorry wow. to keep sending messages, but the 90 <laughs> seconds is pretty quick. I was just watching on sport on um, social media again that the Flames aren't done with the Habs. If the Flames get Sherratt, the Oilers are never going to beat them. Whoever is on your panel on Oilers Nation that said it's Jesse that has to be moved down in the lineup is, to me, going crazy. How can you sit there and watch Yamal? Wait a minute. Did somebody say that? Who said that? I want names. Was it Tyler? Was it Jay? I don't know who we're talking about. Anyway, sorry. Continue. On the second line, not get a shot for 13 out of 20 games. If anybody needs to be moved down, it's Yamo. He would not be on any other NHL, NHL team on the second line with his production. Second of all, Montreal's got goalie, goalie, goalie problems. That's all you hear about on social media, too. Why not try to flip Koskinen, eat a million and a half of his salary? You trade Burgo because he's French. You know they're going to want him. <clears throat> a draft pick, excuse me. Maybe two draft picks to get Sherratt. Then, instead of giving up a first for Susie, why don't we try sending Samarukov and Barry maybe eat a little bit of Barry's salary or throw in a second or a third round draft pick. That would completely change this team. If we do it now, they've got five weeks of the trade deadline to see how Mike Smith and Skinner do. We'll finally get an honest look at Skinner to see if he's a legit backup or needs more time in the minors. And then come trade deadline, we still have one of our two first round picks from this year and next year to get a goalie. I'm tired of hearing 
from Edmonton. We were in on that guy. We're in on that guy. It's win now, but we never get the guy. It is time. I really want to know what you guys think about those trades and have a great day. And sorry to keep sending messages. The time is too short. Have a great day. Bye. Third clarification, Presto, longer than the original two. Again, I love this. Thank you guys for sending messages. And I love the passion around that. And that's why this podcast is growing is because we've got guys like Presto sending in messages that are fired up like that. Uh, I'm trying to remember everything he covered there, but Barry, I don't think he's got a whole lot of trade value right now. And he's just playing like shit. Maybe Woodcroft and Manson can help improve that, but I don't think anybody's going to want him at his deal right now. Two, Koskinen. I've heard, this is something I'll give you a little exclusive on on this here podcast. I've heard that the Oilers actually had a deal for a goaltender as recently as a couple of weeks ago. But the asking cost to take on Koskinen's deal, even the remainder of it, is very, very high, and the Oilers cannot get it done. Simply, he hasn't played well enough to have teams even willing to take a flyer on him. So I heard that the Oilers were close to acquiring a goalie. But they just couldn't get it done because they have to move that contract. And when you're rocking a sub-900 save percentage, think about it. Think about when you look at trades for other teams and other players that other teams acquire. I know it goes deeper than that at the NHL, but just think about it from a fan level. You look at the guy you acquired. You look at the stats. And you see a goaltender that's got a sub 900 save percentage, or close to, I don't know where he's at right now, but that's not exactly going to fill your cup with confidence, isn't it? Or is it? I think that one's more difficult than maybe we think it is. On episode one, I talked to Frank Saravalli. He said, yeah, there is absolutely a trademark of Rakoskinen, but you're going to have to pay. What does that mean for the Oilers? How much are you willing to pay? I don't think you can sell the farm to move that goalie just to bring somebody else in. Ben Chirot, I'd love, but I don't think Holland's going to go fishing for rentals. I really don't. He's hurt right now from Montreal. I don't know how long for or how serious. Keep your eye on dailyfaceoff.com for some updates on that, but I don't know. You raise good questions. Why are the Oilers always the one? Oh, they were in on it and they couldn't get it done, but maybe things are changing. I don't know. As our prospect pool gets deeper, maybe that becomes easier. Again, I'm hopeful, but the Oilers have also wasted a lot of draft picks on guys that haven't exactly panned out, so the depth chart is a little bit more shallow than maybe we would have liked. Clip 8. Hi, this is Steve here, uh, first-time voicemail sender. Uh, first impressions of Jay Woodcroft are pretty damn good, actually. Uh, he started off day one by doing the thing that we've all been screaming for, Sitting Devin Shore, one of the league's worst forwards with the fancy stats. And uh, it paid off. So now I'm expecting him to have a good look over the next game or two at Tyson Berry, being beaten to the outside regularly, and realize that he's not quite a reliable defender, and make some adjustments there. So uh, forward we go, but pretty good so far. I think a lot of people have really good first impressions of Jay Wilcroft. I mean, it's hard not to in your 3-0 and in your first three, right? Again, that is an Oilers franchise record for a new coach coming in. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Devin Shore is one of those guys where he's kind of like on this weird limbo spot. He signed a two-year contract based on his usage recently over the last three games. You'd have to think that Dave Tippett had a major hand in getting that deal done. It was a player that he trusts, clearly. 
whether or not that improves over the rest of the year is remains to be seen. But again, 257 last night against the Kings, that is nothing for Devin Shore. He was parked on the bench. Maybe times are changing. Jay Woodcraft gives no fucks. At least that's what it seems like. Chad Mac Beefy, Edmonton Fighter Weekly Magazine. <laughs> Do you think Tyler would be down for some underground cockfighting? Tyler down for underground cockfighting in the sense that you have roosters with blades attached to them, then they're going at each other like you see on TV from, you know, other areas of the world, or cockfighting as in he pulls out a schmeckle and he goes in there and attacks. I don't know. I'm down for either. Theo Thundercocks with the Meadowlark Evening News. <laughs> what is the best ever story or rumor you have ever heard about the Oilers, but for whatever reason couldn't post? The best ever rumor I've heard about the Oilers. That's a hard one. I hear stuff from time to time. It's Edmonton's such a small community in terms of sports that... When you've got a platform like Oilers Nation, you hear some stuff from time to time and you never know what's going on. Obviously, I fucked myself up when I said that the Oilers were calling a press conference a few weeks ago, like a month ago. You know, that was something I heard. I tweeted it out there and I was wrong. So the best rumor I ever heard. Uh Oh, here's one. The Oilers, and I can tell you that this is true. The Oilers have made two offers, two, to get Taylor Hall back over the last couple of years. One in free agency, one in a trade. Didn't work. How's that? Does that work? I feel like that's a pretty good rumor to ask to to give you, right? Uh, I don't remember what the terms were. I think they offered him around six million bucks, something like that, in free agency. Again, that's Taylor Hall. Uh, next clip. Hello, Begged Milk. Oh, no. This is Vladimir again from oh, Definitely Not the KGB. You did not meet us on top of the Manulife at midnight. I did not. And we are still interesting in recruiting your dog, Frank. You can't have him. As he can tell the future. You can. You drive a hard bargain, Mr. Milk. That's right. But we are prepared to offer you eight kilos of the finest Russian cheese in exchange for Frank's future-telling services. We need him. We need him to predict future at definitely not the KGB. But we cannot tell you why. Not yet. Please, meet us inside Whale at West Edmonton Mall. In the Whale? At 11.34. It's in phase two. And we can discuss. I am not going to meet you in the Whale, Poots. And I think it's because it smells like piss and teenage sadness. I don't remember the last time I've been in there, but I'm pretty sure it smells like a My Chemical Romance concert. And you have no chance of getting me in there, nor do you have any chance of getting Frank. He's too valuable. You've been betting on Frank all year. You've been, you're in the money. You're in the money, so you're going to have to give me more than, what did you say, eight kilos of cheese? Let me do some math here. I think that work, that works out to about 17.6 pounds of cheese, where if you're paying attention, that costs probably, by my estimate, $206,000. Sorry, Poots. Just not going to happen. Frank is worth more to me than that. More to me than that. Oh, bag milk. What's going on? Hey, man. I just wanted to ask your opinion on, uh, do you think the Oilers should have traded Drake Kajula? Cause I feel like he'd be a good fourth liner with McLeod and Benson. Drake Kajula? What are your thoughts? Say hi to Frank for me. 
Uh, my first thought is that I haven't thought of Drake Kajula in a long time, but now that you brought it up, no, they shouldn't have traded him. Back in December 29th of 2018, the Oilers traded Jake Kajula along, uh, Drake Kajula, I should say, along with Jason Garrison to the Chicago Blackhawks for Brandon Manning and Robin Norrell. As far as trades go, that's a bad one. And Peter Chiarelli's work is still, still bringing us sadness. All these years later, all those things that the Oilers allowed him to do as he was drowning. Instead of saving himself, he was just throwing more and more anchors at himself. Instead of putting on a life jacket, he was putting around weighted, he was putting cement shoes on. Sinking to the bottom of the ocean. And yet, somehow, the NHL only has 12 guys that are apparently worthy of jobs in this league because he's interviewing for a GM spot in Chicago. How does that happen? I have no idea. It's the weirdest shit ever. Should they have traded Jake Ajula in hindsight or even at the time? No, they shouldn't. Don't ever trade for the guy that breaks your captain's collarbone. I feel like that should just be SOP, standard operating procedure. Next clip. Bag milk. I want your take on this, your perspective. What? But does it really feel like finally the Oilers have their guy in Jay Woodcroft as a head coach, you know, with his positivity, his optimism, the way he speaks, his mannerisms. It just feels like a breath of fresh air compared to all the other coaches we've had. You know, I, I wanted Dave Tippett, Todd McClellan out. I wanted all these guys to succeed, but it doesn't, it, it never felt like they were as progressive as Jay Woodcroft is. So do you think this is finally the guy? I know, it's, I know it's only been three games, but it just feels like a different world with Jay Woodcroft as Oilers head coach. As Warren Fogel said earlier, and I'm going to play it again, it does seem like a different world. It seems like now the Oilers have got a guy who's filled with positivity. He's willing to step in front of the team and take the bullets himself. Even when he was asked about his first NHL win, he didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to talk about how well the team performed, and I think that is new, Was Even though it has been three games, it is definitely a different vibe around here, and I think that that's going to pay off well for the Oilers. Is that their guy? Is Jay Woodcroft their guy? I hope so, because here's the reality. He had some success at the AHL level, a couple of division championships. He has got an extended run as an NHL assistant coach. As you remember, he was here with Tom McClellan on the bench. This is a guy that's earned the opportunity. It was either going to be here or it was going to be elsewhere. So when the Oilers were talking about firing a coach, when things really started to slide in December, he was the guy I wanted. So to have him here and being able to do it and trying and getting the at-bats, I love it. I think this is a great, great, great move for the team. And again, I'm going to go back to Warren Fogel. I'm going to play this again because his ability to communicate with the players is incredibly important. With Woody here, you know, there's a lot of detail and direction and, you know, it makes a huge difference out there when everyone knows what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it it was a hell of a team effort. When everyone knows what they're doing. How important is that? Little communication, letting the players know what you expected them, letting them know what they've done right, letting them know what they've done wrong, but always being with them. And I think that Jay Woodcroft is going to do that. And I don't think it's going to take much for him to earn a permanent role behind the Oilers bench, provided that he can get the team into the playoffs and keep up this messaging as we continue on. I'm for him. I think Waz is for him. And this fake crowd that I'm going to push this button for is also for him. (laughs) 
Shout out to Jay Woodcroft. He's doing a fine job. Final voicemail of the week. So let's start with Arby's. The last time Always. I tried to get an Arby, I tried to go to Arby's. I got in a car wreck. What? The time before that, not Arby's fault. It took them over two minutes to give me my change for buying a Jamocha shake. Not I don't hard, like though. Arby's. What? I don't think that it's good. What? Arby's is just, I don't know, I just think it's shitty. Personally, I'm not a you. big fan of Arby's. How dare you? You, you bite your tongue, sir. Actually, you know what? You've said too much. That's me shooting you. That is me shooting you, and now you're being exploded. Thankfully, this is only in the Better Late Than Never universe. You are still alive, but your food takes and your Arby's takes are not welcome here. You either get on board or you GTFO. I don't know which Arby's you went to. Sounds like a fake one. Two minutes for your change? Well, math is hard. Who carries change anyway? What year is this? Nobody wants to hear this. Arby's is late. You know it. Five for 15? Get out of here. Everybody's having good value with that. That is a meal of excellence. You know what? I might go to Arby's after we finish wrapping here. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? It's official. You suck. That's all we got for this week's Rig Hand Distillery voicemail. I want to say thank you again to everybody that leaves the voicemails. This is my favorite part of the podcast. I love looping you guys in. So check out the link tree in my Twitter and Instagram bio. That's how you get to the voicemail. I play them all. I don't listen to them first. Had I listened to them first, I probably wouldn't have played that Arby's one because they don't deserve that disrespect. They are elite. Thank you to Rig Hand Distillery for jumping on and being a sponsor of the voicemail. Everybody loves it. If you check out RigHandDistillery.com, that's where you can find not only the products they sell. Again, I'm looking at a delicious bottle of Double Double in front of me. Also, get yourself a coupon for that tasting tour. I promise you it's a good time. I promise you it's a good time. And with that, we're going to end off this episode of Better Late Than Never. I'm excited that you guys are here. Please leave reviews. I want to leave. I want to read some more reviews next week. I'm just looking. There's nothing new, but I want to read your reviews, even if they're not on Apple Podcast. Fire me an email. Slide into my DMs. Just let me know what you think of the podcast. Anything I can make better? Anything you like? Anything you don't like? I want to hear it all. I want to hear your feedback. And most of all, I want to thank our friends at Arcadia Brewing for making this all possible. If you go to Arcadia Yegg.com, they will have all the latest things they're working on up there. Or if you're following along on Twitter and Instagram, that is either Arcadia Brewing Co. or Arcadia Brew Co., depending on the platform. They've got all the details that you need there. I'm going to have more contesting coming from Arcadia as the weeks go on. And from me and from them, I want to say thank you for being here. Go Oilers. Big weekend coming up. I promise I'm going to get more reaction episodes coming in. I promise I'm going to get more episodes than just one a week coming in. I don't know what that's going to be like. I'm helping out at dailyfaceoff.com, but when my schedule allows, I promise we'll get there. For episode seven, I'm Bag Milk. Thank you for being here. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.